Hello, everybody, back with another follow-up. And Garen, I wasn't here for this message, but I listened to it afterwards on the app. And I'm sad that I wasn't here in person. It was really good. But, you know, I like to start with this question every time. And I feel like, not in a bad way, but we, we do always ask this and it's good too. But why this message? Why do we talk about Jesus' roles? And why do we talk about him being a friend to us? And and if we can really trust him with our lives, why is this something that you decided to talk with us about? Yeah, a couple of things. And then I'd like to hear your answer to that. I mean, you know, you didn't do it. But I like I said, the when I started it is one, we've got to get Jesus right, because a lot of people don't. And if we can't get him right, and really knowing who he is, and then it's hard to follow him. And I feel like the more you know somebody, especially Jesus, the more beautiful you find him, and the more beautiful you find him, the more likely you are to follow him. And so to me, this is part of the beauty of who he is, is that these are um, some of his roles. You had a thought on it about not just being in your headspace that I thought was really good on why this is important. Yeah, just this idea that what it really means to trust Jesus is probably to move past a theological, mental, cognitive understanding of who he is and allowing that to move into our heart so that we really do feel deep affection for him and trust him with things. And sometimes I think it's easy to just keep him in that headspace where we understand who he is, but to not really let it sink down into our heart and really live it out. And so that's why I thought this was so good because it challenges me in that and makes me really confront, wow, is Jesus just living in my head or is he is he living in my heart? Like, have I really committed to, to love and trusting with my life. Garen, what, in what stage of your life or what age do you really remember the first time that you like actually trusted Jesus with your life? It wasn't just knowledge of him, but it was an affection for him. Do you remember? Oh, not really. It's just been a journey. I mean, the way I came to him, I was very attracted and drawn to him. So there was always been a sense that I found him very beautiful. Just the whole trust has just been a lifelong journey of growing more into that. So I still don't always do it perfectly. When you were young, you said you didn't really go to church much, but you kind of knew who Jesus was. So maybe there was like some acknowledgement, like cognitively, or did you not even really think he was real when you were growing up? I figured he was real, but you just, he's just uh, a good guy, a good teacher. That's kind of, I think what probably what most people in our culture think, that's all. Yeah. He, a great philosopher, mm-hmm. I don't know, like Socrates or maybe greater than the rest, but that's just kind of... That's where it ended. Yeah, that's all it was. He was just this distant figure, you study in history kind of thing. Hmm. No clue of knowing him personally or anything. Yeah. And then in your message, you talked about how he is prophet, priest, and king. And so those boil down to truth, care, and rule, how he mediates truth for us, how he cares for us, and how he rules over us. But then you also added that he is our friend, um, which is unique. And maybe some people haven't heard that, but you talked about in John 15 when he calls his disciples, not servants, not slaves, not subordinates, but friends, right? So why do you think Jesus did that, and why does that matter to us? Yeah, because I think even as you this traditional formulation of these prophet, priest, king, those are all pretty big, like the prophet, you know, that's kind of a high, all of these, the high priest, the king, can all be great things, but can seem a little far away, a little remote, right? I mean, he's the king on his throne or whatever. And that he said that he's also our friend, to me, that that really 
more than anything helps to bring it down to me and makes it very personal. The others are very personal. I mean, we can talk a bit about the priest and intercession, but still it just, for me, that it's so significant that he added that as a descriptor of himself. But is Jesus really our friend? Like he tells us we have to obey him. So how, like, how are we not servants of him? How are we friends? Can you answer that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. There's a curveball. Um, I don't know, probably, uh, to me, I just, my relationship with my dad was so good. I had so much respect for him. Honored him, I obeyed him, but I liked him. We played ball together, did stuff, and, you know, the older you got, it developed into more than just a parent-son relationship, it developed into a friend relationship. Not totally the same, but to me, he is a little bit of a model of that that you can be an authority over people, but still have a relationship with them. Um, which I don't know that you see that a whole lot, but hmm. yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah. It's a little bit of a tension. And I think sometimes in our culture, if we friend him too much and we forget these other three, then he becomes too, right. too what's the word, too, uh, like a just your little... Just a buddy. Yeah, your buddy. Right. And on equal footing with yeah, you. Yeah, on equal footing. And then you stop obeying or you stop listening to his teaching. Or, mm-hmm. So you've got to keep it all. Yeah. He's all of it. But that's when a Jesus really said that in John 15, he knew what he would ultimately do for them, right? And yeah. did he say, like, no greater love for this that a man would lay his life down for his friends? And that's what he ultimately did, yeah, right? Right. So I guess he proved it in the end. Um, hmm, Good cool. question. Uh, okay. So. You confronted us with some questions in that message. You you told us how Jesus was, you use modern day terms, but teacher, savior, Lord, and friend. And then you confronted us, you know, in the way of teacher, are we learning from him daily? Are we listening for him daily? Um, and savior, are we going before him daily and confessing and spending time with him? In the way of Lord, are we obeying him? Are we really vowing what he says and honoring in our lives. And then with friend, is he is our, still our faithful mate? Is he still our first love? Is he someone we feel affection for? Yeah. So of those, teacher, savior, Lord, and friend, which do you find in your life easiest to neglect? Probably uh, his kingly role at times. Yeah, we all go through seasons where I, we get a little bit obstinate, and I'm like, I know the truth, and I know what I should do, but I'm having my own way in my life today. And that's when I'm disobeying, I'm rebelling, and I'm like saying, you know, I want to, in the old, I think, Campus Crusade language, I'm putting myself back on the throne of my life and and pushing him off. I think the king one is the one that, for me, more often than not, hmm. um, that I can neglect. How about you? Um, maybe, maybe the priest, maybe like going before him daily. Because I do learn and listen from him daily. I do feel like I live within his boundaries well. I do see him as my friend and my first love. But sometimes I can treat him as as that friend that like I check in with every once in a while. And really, I need to I need to make sure that like I'm spending time with him daily and making him my first thought. Huh. And sometimes I can kind of push the autopilot button and be like, okay, I know we're good, Jesus. So let me do these things, and I'll see you like later today if I have time. And just making sure like that he is the the first and best part of my day and if nothing else giving him that because he deserves it you know yeah so that can be tough for me um okay last part of this garen as we kind of come up in the end you talked about 
you know, Jesus is our friend that, that he not only loves us, but that he likes us. I don't yeah. know if you said those words in your sermon, but I know I've heard you say that before, and that's a really powerful idea. Do you think there's people out there who think that, you know, God loves me because he's God, he has to love me, but struggle <laughs> with this idea of yes. liking I think them? a lot of people struggle with Why that. Why do we struggle with that, do you think? Part of it is probably a lot of us, people growing up, maybe had a parent or both parents where they'd be like, well, I provide for you, I love you, but the way they treated them, it's like, but I'm an annoyance to you, or they really don't like me, or if they could not have me around, they wouldn't have me around. And it, I think that transfers to how, you know, your parents, how you view them transfers to how you view God. And so it can be like, oh yeah, he loves me. I mean, he has to say that. That's what parents say. But I'm really not sure he smiles on me, that he likes me, that he delights in me. I think he frowns on me quite a lot. That's I think a lot of people really, mm. really struggle with that. And that's part of what I'm going to talk about in the Identity Series is those two things, because I think it's a significant difference. And a lot of people I talk to, that language resonates. Yeah, do you, you know God loves you, but do you think He likes you? And a lot of times people are kind of like, whoa, I'm not sure of that one. Hmm. So how about you? Why, why do you find that language so important? Um, I think because it's so much easier to serve a God and be obedient to a God and feel deep affection for a God that likes you, right? Like when he's your friend and he, you think about how God sees you and watches you throughout the day and delights in you doing things that he's created you to do, like that's an easier God to love and to serve than one that just, you know, quote unquote, has to love me. Yeah, right. Because he is love, right? So, right. so he kind of has to. I mean, God, l- oh. <laughs> Go ahead. God God loves everybody, right? So the fact that he loves me, um, I guess is just pretty special. Yeah. The last thing that you mentioned, Garen, was that we all have a, a need in our life. And you asked us to kind of spend a minute with some introspection and ask ourselves, what is the deepest need in my life right now? Um and was it in reference to those four things? Like, uh-huh. what do I need? Yeah. The most? So it's like maybe I'm in a situation. I just I'm I need wisdom so desperately. So that's where I pray and I say, Jesus, you're my prophet, and I'm I'm desperately needing wisdom. Or I'm in a place I need help. I'm like I feel like nobody cares for me. I don't know how my way out of this, but you do. So I'm calling out to you as as my helper, my priest, or yeah, or my king. Like I'm just in a disobedient phase of my life, and mm, I need to return to you I as see. my king. So or, the yeah. question is kind of like, which of these do you need Jesus to be in your life right yeah. now? Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Um, do you get a sense of where most people are, or is it really different for everybody? And I think it's really, really different. Um, for me, it's probably as prophet right now, because there is an area of my life I desperately need wisdom. And I've been talking to him a lot about that as my prophet, that if he could you know, give me the, the wisdom on how to handle a situation, that's for me is the big one. But I, it's is just it the Broncos uh, quarterback yeah, situation? It's, it's, yeah, who, who, because they've called and they want to know like who to hire. <laughs> right. Yeah, and how to get a quarterback. So yeah. it's it's a tough one. And they're done with Missouri quarterback. So yeah. they're like, hey, is KU done with Missouri? That... And Tebow's retired. And as much as we'd like to have him back, <laughs> he's not an option. Yeah, so. man, Peyton's doing the Monday night thing now. <laughs> Sorry, I really derailed us spiritually there. <laughs> that's okay. Done that. Um, okay, that's great. So, but so, some, yeah, some people, it's I've drifted from him and I, I've lost the first love. And it's like, I need, I've lost you as my friend, not you. You're my friend, but I'm not being a good friend to you. And oh, I, right. I need, I need to return to that, yeah. to be a good mate, so to speak. Or, 
Yeah. So it can really be different for everybody. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So as we wrap this up and really struggle to think deeply about, am I really trusting Jesus with my whole life? Do I really believe that he likes me? He doesn't just love me. Um, and then what is the, what do I need Jesus to be? But you know, if it's teacher, savior, Lord, or friend, what do I really need him to be most of my life right now? Those are the big takeaways from this. And so would you say a good challenge or a good action point is just to really sit with those? Or is there something else that you'd have to do? Sit with them. And I really encourage people, a practice I find helpful is, is I is use these in your prayer. I, again, just did it this morning, was calling out to him and acknowledging, Jesus, you're my priest, and I need your help with this thing, or whatever, just to... To me, knowing the names of God helps my prayer life because the names of God identify characteristics of what He is like, and it just helps me to, to see how He relates to different areas of my life. And so I was challenging people to add this to your prayer life this week, to talk to Him and those needs in those areas. So, Excellent. Okay, Garen, thank you so much for doing this. And next week, are we jumping into identity or is there something else? Uh, two weeks from identity. We are two weeks two out, T-minus two T-minus weeks. T-minus two weeks, I'm pretty from excited. identity. Okay, cool. I know we're looking forward to that, and these that you're doing leading up to it are really helpful as well. So we look forward to chatting with you guys next time. Again, thanks for listening.